For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Richard Skipper. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. It's Thanksgiving week. Who or what are you celebrating today? I'm thankful for all of you who show up day after day after day. I see that my friend Sherry and Alan are, are both here. So thank you for being here. We have a very special show today. Uh, as I said, who or what are you celebrating today? Uh, today is National Cranberry Relish Day. I know that my friend Sherry is not a fan of cranberry relish. I am, and I make a mean Cranberry Relish. Uh, today is also National Housing Day in Canada, uh, which is very appropriate for our show today. Uh, we'll get to our guest in just a moment. Um, I'd like to tell you, first of all, how this show came about. Uh, one of my very best friends in the world, uh, Russ Woolley, uh, he is an avid watcher of this show, uh, and he was watching the show one night, and after the show, uh, he comes up with suggestions for the show, and he called me up, and he said he had been down the rabbit hole uh, watching this great series of shows with Marina Coates, uh, Mockingbird Lane, and that she takes you into these virtual homes of these houses from famous sitcoms and movie homes. And he said, you have to check it out. I went and I was hooked and I reached out to her and she said, yes, and she's here today. And I am so excited about this because I am a product of 1960s and 70s television. I grew up in a world in which there were only three networks, ABC, CBS, and uh, and uh, ABC, CBS, and NBC, and in those worlds, I, I mean, going into the homes of uh, Lucy, uh, Bewitched, uh, Brady Bunch, the Partridge Family, I wanted to live in those homes. And thanks to Marina Coates, who I'm bringing on, she takes us into these homes. And she virtually brings them all to life uh, in glorious uh, Technicolor and in black and white. Uh, and it's a delight. And I am so thrilled that she's here today. And before we delve into that world, Marina, welcome to the show. And I want to begin by asking, Happy Thanksgiving, first of all. Who or what are you celebrating today? Oh, this week, if I'm doing what I'm thankful for, it's probably the usual. My family, my husband, my kids, grandkids. Grandkids? Yeah. You're not old enough to be a grandmother. <laughs> I am. <laughs> well, I don't believe it. But anyway, uh, congratulations on all of that. How are, you, uh, how are you celebrating Thanksgiving this year? Well, actually, we take turns. The kids go to their in-laws on off years. And this year was an off year. So we had it a week ago and we called it Pranksgiving <laughs> since it was done on the real day. And where is home for you? Utah. Utah? Yeah. So I want to ask you, I mean, are you a product also of uh, uh, television? I mean, did you grow up in a household where did your family sit around and watch the boob tube together? Well, not the whole family, but me and my siblings did. My parents weren't into TV, but I res everything you said resonated with me. I loved those shows. I grew up with them, wanted to be walking around inside of the houses. Uh, was there any particular show that you were obsessed with growing up that you said, that's the house that I want to grow up in? It was probably Bewitched. Although the very first house I did was the Dick Van Dyke show. I, I have so many that I love. Brady Bunch. The ones you named, actually. Well, the ones I've done on my channel. 
Well, and your channel is amazing. Uh, so, well, first of all, I asked uh, for a photograph of you as a five-year-old, and I'm going to bring it up. And the reason, you haven't changed a bit, first of all. I know. <laughs> you look exactly the same. Cowlick, that's for sure. And the reason I asked for a five-year-old self, because to me, the five-year-old self is the purest self. That's before life begins to tell you who you should be, who you shouldn't be, uh, and starts to uh, put layers on you. Tell us a little bit about this five-year-old girl and uh, what your dreams were, uh, what you were hoping to be as you grew up, and did you follow that path? Um, that little girl didn't have a clue about what she was going to end up doing. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't really into architecture yet, although I guess I was into the TV shows a lot and noticing the set design, but... Um, that came later, realizing I actually wanted to get a degree in architecture quite a bit later. Well, I wanted to do that my very first time around when I went to college. But back then, girls just didn't become architects, which sounds like such a cop out. But I'm glad some women did and forged the path. And so um, it was just in my head that I it wasn't even something I could do, which is ridiculous. The world's so different now, and I'm glad. Well, thank but, God for that. Yeah. So from the very beginning, you knew, or, or I mean, when you did decide that you were going to become, my my husband is a landscape architect. Wow. So you, on the other side of the fence. Mm -hmm. uh, so when, did, when you decided that that was the path that you were going to pursue, uh, what were the steps that you took to go into that world? Uh, well, my kids were grown, and... I said to my husband, what am I going to do with my time? Um, and, I, and he goes, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to be an architect. And he said, well, then why don't you? And so I threw all these reasons at him why I couldn't uh, cost too much. I'd have to drive two hours every day to school and back. You know, the closest school was two hours away. No, sorry, one hour away, two hour trip. Um, anyway, every single thing I told him, he came back with why that wasn't a good excuse. Like there's plenty of people that live where we do and they go to work every day in Salt Lake. You can certainly go to school every day. So he threw out all my excuses and then I had to admit that I was kind of scared. So then I told all my friends and family I was going back to school because I wanted to trap myself because they knew me. So this all <laughs> began after your children were grown? Yeah. God, yeah. How many children do you have? Mm, six. Like the Brady Bunch, three boys, three girls. My <laughs> God bless you. This is a book. This is a movie. You know. So first of all, I mean, where, where did you go to college? University of Utah. Uh, that's the second time around. The first time it was University of Nebraska. Okay. Yeah. And uh, how long did it take you to get your degree? Four years. I'd already gone to school when I was really young and then took four more years. And yeah, to get my degree in architecture. So as, as the path started, you, you, you become an architect. Uh, when did you start to merge it uh, with your love of the sitcom world? Oh, and I'm so glad that happened. So when I, <laughs> I am too. <laughs> so when I was done with school, I was just freelancing from home. And um, so you know how you have lulls when you're freelancing and one day, I, I was getting some images ready to send off to um, developers. And instead I thought, no, just for once, I'm just gonna have fun with some free time. And I did the Dick Van Dyke show house because I wanted to walk through it. I always wanted to walk through it. So I did that that day and I was just hooked. And then I just kept making them. I didn't know anybody else. I want to like back up for a moment because I've got so many questions I want to ask you. <laughs> um, obviously, you had the technology, uh, and I guess it was because of your knowledge and the work that you were already doing with architecture uh, to be able to create houses. Uh, was it because of that that you were able to go in and start recreating what you had seen on television? Right. So that's exactly what I was doing. I was doing tours, but of real houses. Well, and I was designing houses. I did hotels. I did a lot of things. But my, my expertise was in doing uh, the tours of the homes and making them look real. So when I had my free time, what I thought was, hey, 
I know how to do this now. I actually can walk through the Dick Van Dyke show house. So as you start to design the house, I mean, tell us a little bit about how you did the research, because one of the things that I really love, I mean, like even watching you do the uh, Lucy house, which I love the Connecticut house, mm. uh, even finding the, uh, the pewter uh, silverware, uh, that it was also the same silverware that was used on the Bonanza set. I mean, little things like that that you learn from watching uh, your show, which is very interesting. Um, how did you begin to do the research for the minute details that you uh, bring the viewers in on? That's a good question. What happens is, as I'm drawing it up, I have two computers, the one I'm looking at right now and one on this side. And I have the show on, but I'm not watching the show. In fact, that computer doesn't even have sound on. I'm just trying to get every angle of every room. So I'm sliding through until I get to it. Well, by the time I've done the entire house, I have looked at every single item in the room, everything from big furniture down to the little things. So when I start another show, like after I'd already done Bonanza, when I did the Connecticut house for I Love Lucy, it was, oh, I remember drawing that up before, right? I remember having to find that exact piece before. Did you become a stickler for continuity? Did you start noticing when certain things were not in place from episode to episode? I think we all do, right? But it doesn't <laughs> bother me. Some people it bothers. With me, it's just interesting. Like, hmm, I wonder why all of a sudden there's a door there and there didn't used to be a door. So one of the things that I find fascinating with what you do with all of this is as an actor, uh, which is my real background, uh, and we know all about the fourth wall, uh, you really go into the detail of what that fourth wall is like, uh, because that's something that most people uh, probably have not even given a second thought to. So kudos to you on that aspect of it, uh, because you don't have a background in theater. No, I don't. Uh, but the fact that you give those of us who have watched these shows forever a chance to imagine what it's like coming into those homes. I mean, we all know what it's like walking into those houses uh, because, for example, like walking into the Bewitched House and walking into uh, the Connecticut home and walking into the apartment of uh, the Ricardos, we know what it's like walking into those houses, but you really take it a step further. Talk about your process in terms of developing the fourth wall. So in the beginning when I did these homes, and I don't know if you're like this, but my earlier work makes me cringe, right? Because hopefully- Worse. Yes, gotten better and better. So in the beginning, I didn't put enough thought into the fourth wall, but now I like to research it. Like say when I did I Love Lucy, the country house, I went and got a book that um, from that era that showed what the floor plans would be like. And then I would look at the miss, where the wall that's missing on I Love Lucy and got my ideas from there. But it's certainly open for, to interpretation. And sometimes I get comments where people tell me what they would have put there, which is great. So one of the other things that uh, shows like I Love Lucy, the Dick Van Dyke show, um, I'm a real stickler for these shows were created in black and white. I love the fact that you give us a glimpse into the color world uh, for those reasons. Um, I don't really like watching those shows in color when they've colorized them for television. Um, th this has nothing to do with the work that you're doing. This has to do with the work when they colorize them. Um, do you find that when these shows are colorized, that they are sticklers also for matching the colors that were uh, authentic to what those set pieces were like or not? Well, I don't know for every show, but when I did the I Love Lucy New York City apartment, I got to interview the people that were in charge of colorizing and they were definitely sticklers. They uh, tried to find out exactly down to the, the material, the fabric that was used, everything. I don't know about other ones, but there are a lot of people that feel like you, that they, 
they don't want to see the colorized versions. If it appeared in black and white, that's how they want to see it. So like when I did the Munsters, that was really important to me that I just kept it all black and white. And then when I changed it to color, I knew it was going to make some people grumpy. So I paused and said, this is what I'm about to do. If this is going to make you mad, you'll want to stop right now. And then I showed it in color. I, I get it. They, it housed their memories. So yeah. let's go to the Munsters for a moment. Mockingbird Lane. How did you come up with the title for your show? Well, I thought a lot of people, they would connect Mockingbird Lane with the Munsters, and I do TV homes, but I also liked that it had the word mock in it since I'm doing mock-ups. Ah, so very like interesting. I didn't even think about that. So your first show, was that uh, was the Dick Van Dyke show. Was that also the first one that you put on your channel? Well, the one you'll see now is my redo. Remember how I told you I cringe? Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> my early, the very first one I did, all it was was a tour with music. There was no information, no fun facts, nothing. It was maybe, you know, three minutes long. Um, the, the one that you'll see on my channel now, I only made maybe a year ago. I'm not sure. So how long does it take you to do each one of these episodes or does it vary? It varies a lot, but I've gotten faster and faster. So like when I did the Brady Bunch, it actually took me, I think, about 200 hours, 200 hours. Um, I was The software was all new to me, uh, but I just timed the last two I did, actually, because I was curious how much the time had gone down. And one of them was 85 hours. It's still a lot. Um, and the other was 132. I Love Lucy was 132. But that includes, and you know how long this takes, writing the script, post-production, um, research. Research takes a lot of hours. So it's all of those things. Did you repeat what you just said? <laughs> what did you say? I said, please repeat what you just said. Oh, it's yeah. a lot of work. It is. The actual modeling, oh, I have that somewhere too. I would guess it's like 50 hours. Um, but everything else takes so much more time than it looks like on the screen. So, Marina, when you started out, was your goal always to have a YouTube channel? Not at all. Again, that was my husband. <laughs> I was always just... What is your husband's husband. name? Because I want to shout out to him. Because oh, Sam. Sam. How long have you been married? Um, since 1979. What is that? I should just or, know. Uh, I can tell you exactly. That's forty oh, going on 43 years. Oh. 43, 44 years. We met all. as teenagers. Yes. Well, I came to New York in 1979 oh, and I was a teenager. So I know. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. This so he's is the one that said, um, so I was just doing the website and he says, you know, you've got to do a YouTube channel. And I didn't want to be on camera basically. Um, but I just, I knew he was right. And so I just made myself do it. So how long did it take before you started to build an audience for yourself? Because it's just amazing. How many subscribers do you currently have? And you're going to have new ones today, I can tell. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, it's almost 45,000. It started slow. And honestly, I don't even know where they come from. Because how did they find you in the beginning? I don't know. And I didn't know what I was doing yet. I didn't know about the algorithm. I had to learn all of that along the way. But it's been up three years, my channel. <clears throat> a little over three years. Well, you and I started, was it because of COVID that that all started? No, it was just before COVID. It was when the Brady Bunch HGTV thing happened. I'm thinking that was mm -hmm. September 2019. I could be off. Um, it was right around then because they saw my work. They invited me to the premiere. They interviewed me, but it never made the air. Um, and that's what made me want to put it up on YouTube. That forced me to get that out there because I thought, all these people are tuning in when they were redoing the, you know what I'm talking about when they redo. Yes, the absolutely. Yeah. So I thought, here's my chance, put my work up now. So that's when I started. So <laughs> what is the biggest thing that has surprised you as far as, uh, I mean, you have also uh, been rubbing shoulders uh, with these celebrities, people who, uh, that were part of the original series and everything. Uh, Keith uh, Thibodeau, you did, uh, Little Ricky, and I mean, amazing. Um, what has surprised you the most about the way this is all taking off and unfolding? 
Oh, it's how many people actually are into the details of these TV homes as much as I am. I had no clue, no clue. Well, we all grew up with these things because it's, I mean, we we all, like I said, I grew up watching these shows. Um, we feel that we lived in these homes practically. I always said if I could have jumped into these houses and you take us there, Marina, so you give us a chance to live vicariously uh, through this. Uh, so uh, congratulations with all of this. Uh, so as, uh, who are some of the celebrities that you've had the chance, and of course, a lot of this is on your channel, but for those who are just getting to know you today, that you've had a chance to meet as a result of the work that you're doing. Well, first of all, most of them I don't meet in real life. I meet them on Zoom. <laughs> you yes, know, it's Zoom right, interviews. Of course, yes. um, I got to meet the cast of The Brady Bunch just because I was invited to the premiere. Uh, but I do have an interesting story about that. I was at the Salt Lake Airport getting ready to get on a plane to fly out to the premiere. And I see Mike Lookinland, who played Bobby. Yes. And so I go up to him and uh, say, are you headed to um, the premiere of the HGTV thing? And he said, yeah. And um, and he ends up, he's on my flight. And, uh, and so after the flight was over, I see him waiting for me as I'm getting off. And I don't know why. And he invited me to go with him and his driver to the Brady Bunch premiere. So I got to arrive with a Brady, which was kind of cool. That is amazing. Yeah, I have to tell you, years ago, I was, uh, Eve Plum is an amazing artist. I don't know if you're familiar with her artwork, but I was invited to her gallery opening. And a woman comes up to her and she said, say it, say it. Mm. And she said, say what? Do you know what she wanted her to say? Yeah. <laughs> and she said, say what? And she said, you know, you know. And she said, I, I have no idea what you are talking about. She said, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Oh. And she said, that was something I said in one episode over 35, almost 40 years ago. And no, I'm not going to say it. Yes. And the woman would not let go. Don't and, you feel sorry for them when they have a catch line or something like that? Oh, they it, make sure it every day. And I've seen it over and over and over again. Alison Arngrim, who is a friend, God bless her. I mean, she's truly embraced uh, Nellie Olson. And uh, she has written a book about it. She travels. She does talks. Um, and she, she just said, I'm just going to embrace it. And she mm -hmm. celebrates it each and every day. But for others, it's just people do not want to let go of it, and it's it, it you know, it's just a very difficult thing uh, for some people just to let go, and they can't separate the actor or actress from the role that they're playing. Yeah. Um, out of all the celebrities that you've met virtually, uh, what was the biggest get for you? Well, it's coming up, and I'll probably jinx it. No, don't. Uh, you can tell us. We're getting an exclusive here. Oh, today. I lost you there. No. Uh, are you still here? Oh, yes, I am. Oh, sorry. Okay, so we're getting an exclusive today. Um, Bob Newhart is supposedly going to do an interview with me. So that, to me, is is huge. Yeah. yeah oh, that is huge. That is huge. And how how he's in his 90s now. He's the age of my dad. Yep. Um, God bless him. Yeah. Now, when you are preparing for these shows, how much time is spent before you sit down to actually do the uh, preparation of the house? Does that come first or do you design the house virtually before you sit down to do the research? Oh, I research it first because it tells me, it informs a lot of things because there's going to be fans out there that know way more than me, even though I only do a house I'm totally in love with. Mm -hmm. And they will call me on something if I don't get it right. So I have to know it before I start drawing it up. And I can't give you an example right now, but I would I would really uh, make a mistake if I didn't do it that way. And they would they would call me on it. Now, Marina, it seems to me as if this has become a full-time uh, occupation or obsession for you. Do you, are you still designing 
other houses as well in addition to this? Or is this full time for you? I had to t quit taking clients about a year and a half ago, maybe completely. Um, and I monetized my channel and I'm just going ahead with this. This is where my heart is. Oh, God bless you. I can't get away from it. Do people reach out to you who want you to design a house based on their uh, fantasy homes? Yes, a lot. I, I don't take on any projects right now. I would maybe do something for a family member, but this is this is what I want to do. And, and I don't sell the plans. And that's because um, they don't have 90 degree angles. TV shows, as you know. Mm -hmm. The walls are all splayed out because there's an audience and they got to get a camera in there. And so these floor plans are crazy. They're wonky and you can't actually build them. And sometimes the law of, laws of physics wouldn't let you build them. You know, they're not possible. Um, so I don't sell the floor plans. It, they I have yet to have one that could be built. Now, some of the homes that are used in these series, uh, some homes, uh, actual, some of the exteriors are real homes. Yeah. Um, and are any of those homes uh, occupied by people now? And have those people ever reached out to you? Oh, no, none of those have reached out to me. Um, so the one that I just finished, uh, the top floor of Home Alone, mm -hmm. that is a real home on the outside. They didn't film anything on the interior, but there's real live people that live in there. Um, Brady Bunch house. Oh, nobody lives in there. HGTV still owns it, but it's not zoned that people can go through it. So it's just sitting there. I don't know about the other ones because most of the ones I've done, they aren't real homes. They're homes on a studio lot, a ranch. And it's just um, a facade. Well, you can walk inside of them. I walked inside of the Munsters and the Leave it to Beaver home, but they don't look anything like the interior. No, yeah. <laughs> Uh, how many episodes have you done? Oh, I don't know that. That's a good question. <laughs> I, I think I have 50-something videos up, but um, only some of them are TV homes. Some of them are Christmas tours of, of TV homes I've already done. I honestly don't know how many different homes I've done. That's a good question. Now, your focus has been primarily on TV homes. Are there movie homes that you really would love to delve into mm. uh and if so let's talk about some of those so i got to do north by northwest already and that was <clears throat> way up there for me um home alone ones i'd love to do the holiday um oh guess who's coming to dinner i have so many i actually have a oh, typed wow. up list that's one of my favorites yes isn't it gorgeous and guess who's coming to dinner Little side note, I noticed when I was watching it since I oh, I did the Parent Trap House. That was another one I couldn't wait to do the movie. Um, because I'd just done that house, I recognized the stained blue glass that we see in the Parent Trap living room is also in the den of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. <clears throat> just a little detail. Uh, it, it, you know, it's just amazing. Uh, what about the Psycho House? Oh, I, oh, I want to do that. And in fact, I got to go visit it and I took a bunch of pictures. I'm thinking for Halloween some year, I'll do Psycho and the Bates Motel. Uh, Stephen Ribello, uh, I don't know if you know Stephen Ribello. Uh, he wrote a book about Psycho, the making of Psycho. He's been a guest on my show. I'll put you in touch with each other. That would be yes. great. Yes, <laughs> you. He's a great guest. And uh, uh, there's so many. Uh, and I also love the house uh, from A Star is Born. Uh, the oh, Malibu house uh, with I Judy did that Garland. one. Yes, I love that one. So it's not called A Star is Born. It's I put it in one that says top three movie homes, and it's one of those. Oh, there's an episode with it? Yes. So, yes. But it's called Top Three? Uh, I think it's called The Top Three Movie Homes, something like that. Oh, I'm going to go check it out. And you a picture of the living room on the front. I can't, I, the other two I think that I put in there, I know North by Northwest is in there, but... Um, I did. You're talking about the home that overlooks the sea. Yes. Yes. I got to do that one. Yes. Uh, Danielle and I, I, Danielle has a question. And before I 
get to her questions. I do want to say uh, that today's show is sponsored by Danielle. Uh, Danielle is uh, a very dear friend of mine. She is a psychic medium. So she's got some very good questions, but I want to bring this up here. Um, if you're looking for the perfect gift this season, you can gift uh, your friends with or yourself with a spiritual session with uh, Danielle, uh, with a quantum energy expert, healer, and energy artist. Um, visit www.damseldamcldesign.com and reach out to me. Um, you know how to reach me and I will put you in touch with Danielle and I will get you out to her and uh, we'll make that happen because she's on the money. Uh, I, I live by her. She's cool. just absolutely wonderful. We were uh, separated at, in a different life or something. I know this. So please, she sponsored today's show. So she's got a couple of questions for you. Uh, the Meet Me in St. Louis house. Oh, yes. I've had a lot of requests for that. I will do that someday. And, uh, well, you're going to be busy for the rest of your life. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> and uh, and she's also, uh, let's see here. She said, please do the uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner House. Uh, that sunset window and garden were amazing. I totally agree with this. Mm -hmm. um, have you seen uh, on Netflix, The Watcher? That doesn't. Does it's it a new series. It, it, it Well, it's frightening. It scared the hell out of me. But this house is amazing. And it's based on a true story. Um, there's also the Amityville Horror House. Oh, and, I've seen articles about this. Where yes. Someone was putting notes in the mailbox that they were watching them. Okay. Yes. Perhaps you may want to stay away from that. Well, Danielle <laughs> can tell you if it's a good idea to do that house or not. <laughs> She'll let us know if it's good to go there. So what are, I mean, you've already mentioned Bob Newhart. What are, I mean, do you have a game plan in terms of what's coming up for you? Oh, I wish it was that easy. I make a list of all the houses I want to do before I die. There's hundreds of them. And then it's just what sounds cool right now? What would, what do I want to do next? Because, and I bet you've done the same thing. Um, if you do one just for other people, your heart's not in it. So you have to already love it. Of course, so, absolutely. Yeah. And so I do ones that I'm just in love with so that I have fun while I'm doing it. So, you know, for me as an actor, uh, going to the theater, going to see a movie, it's not just anymore that I'm just sitting back enjoying a, a movie or a, an entertainer, uh, although I do. Uh, my brain is going a million miles a minute. I'm thinking, well, what can I do with that song? What can I do with this material? Do you find that the same thing is happening to you when you're watching a movie now, when you are when you see the interior of a home, uh, that you are all of a sudden your brain is going, okay, this has to be something that I need to work on? Oh, yes. Sometimes do you miss the plot because you're just... Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I'm all about the set design, even without trying. It just happens. Right. So I'll yeah. be watching something. Yeah. And I'll, I won't even think I need to do this home. I'll sometimes think, Ooh, that would look cool in a, in a real home. You know, like, Ooh, I like the way they, whatever did the lighting here. I like the way they brought in that color. I want to do that in a real life home. And do people make a lot of suggestions to you as to homes that they want to, I mean, I can only imagine uh, what are, your children are grown now. What's their take on all of this? They've been so supportive. They're, I think they just think it's adorable that, that mom does this, you know, but they've been so supportive. Like when I went back to school, um, they, for my birthday, got their money together and got me an antique drafting board, which was just like, thanks, guys. You know, they're 100% behind it. They think it's cool. And I mean, where do you see the channel going or do you have a game plan as for, as to where you want to go with this? And again, I want to do a shout out to my friend Russ uh, for bringing you to my attention. Uh, before the show began, I said to Marina, I have a bone to pick with you because and this is everyone's going to do the same thing to me. Once you land on this channel, you're never going to leave it. It's just, you are in, 
incredible with what you do. Thank so, you. Uh, once you are on everyone's radar, uh, you're just going to be everywhere because you're just amazing at what you do. So for plans, I just want to keep going forward where I am. I have ideas of what could happen, <laughs> but like, like, I don't want to jinx that. Um, I've had people contact me about doing shows. Uh, nothing's come to fruition yet, but that would be cool. I wouldn't turn that down. Um, I have other things, but I really feel like if I say them, I'll jinx it. Right now, I'm just going to keep doing what I love. No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you, put it out <laughs> in the universe. You will not jinx it. You put it out <laughs> in the universe and somebody will hear it. And I'm sure that Danielle is shaking her head right now. I was going to say, know, ask Danielle if it will jinx it. <laughs> no, I am telling you from where, I, and also my friend Sherry, she's an astrologer watching. We are all in agreement. You put it out in the universe and it's going to happen. Cool. It's not going to well, jinx it. No. End, okay. End goal would be that I could eventually like have enough subscribers or whatever it would take to have my own line, my own line of furniture, um, painting, or, or paint colors, rugs, decor. The, uh, that would just be a dream to me. And it would be based off of set design. See, you probably know, but I have two shows on there. The other one is called Cinematically Inspired Design. Which I love. Where I take my obsession with set design and I see how we can use those principles in our own home. Because there's something about movie homes that we absolutely fall in love with. But I don't know why we don't bring those principles into our own homes. Like, ever. And yet we fall in love with the homes. And I'm not talking about copying a home. But the principles they use, they're different than regular home design. So what I'd love to do is get that into a line to market things that that will make your home well okay because set designers as you know they aren't just going oh what's the coolest trend what's the latest trend and trends are really cool that's why they're trends but they're thinking how can i tell the story of this family how can i create the mood that needs to be here so my whole thing is why don't we do that in our own homes why don't we use design to tell our story why don't we use design to create the mood we want there? And when you do that, it's timeless. It's not trendy, but you have to just learn the principles. And I take them from the cinema and then bring them into our homes. Are there any theater companies in your area? And are they familiar with what you're doing? Because set design in theater companies, are it's an amazing area as as where, uh, as, uh, I can't even speak. You've got me so tongue-tied right now. Uh, as well, uh, that you could do that. As, uh, and uh, also, uh, Danielle brings up the fact that the Container Store and Bed Bath & Beyond are both interested in YouTubers right now. Don't give up on that dream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would. there's some companies I would be so happy to design things for, but, you know, Wishlist, Crate & Barrel, West Elm. Um, yeah, that would be... A huge dream. So you mentioned these dreams that you know they uh, the work that you're doing. Have you designed any room in your home based on a movie theme or a yeah. TV theme? Yeah. So not on a theme. Um, so it's not like this room is going to remind me of guess who's coming to dinner. But I have I have used the principles of set design definitely, and put them into my own home. I've only done two rooms <laughs> that way because I I just started this like three years ago and developed this whole thing, yeah. But there might and be different rooms. <laughs> you've already mentioned that your husband is so supportive of the work that you're doing. Um, has this really had an impact with your friends and everyone in terms of the way that they are? Are they looking at you through different lenses and different eyes right now? No. <laughs> I kind of keep it on the down low. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think just my subscribers, you know, there's a few um, friends that have found it, but not by me telling them about it. It's I don't amazing. Think a lot of people Isn't would, it funny how yeah. that happens? Because it's the same thing. My friends, they don't watch. It's <laughs> everyone else who watches and turns in for this. Yeah. 
Well, you know, they just don't get it. It's not their thing. The people that love the cinema and love TV shows are going to find it, but it doesn't mean my friends or neighbors are into that. So I'm going to play a little game with you. I've got these random questions. Uh, I may try to see if I can find a way of turning them towards uh, TV or cinema. Uh, they, I've got some random questions that I'll start with. And uh, the first question, I haven't even looked at it, is um, well, it's a good, interesting question. What do you love most about the work that you're currently doing? Oh, well, it was the biggest surprise to me that it actually means something to people. Like I was thinking of it as just being fun, but I'll get comments and it will be, I really needed this or times are so bad right now. There's so much contention out there right now and that, that I don't want to add anything to the contention. And this kind of, it sounds like it gives them a feeling of peace. And I'm assuming it's because it brings them back to their childhood where at least it seemed like the world was simpler or hopefully they had a happy childhood. Um, so I get those comments um, all the time and I didn't expect that. And it's like the cherry on top. That's wonderful. Um, we've had Walter Kruger on this show uh, and I don't know if you are familiar with him or not. He is the world's largest Oz collector. Look him up. Hmm. Uh, he is redesigning uh, several of his rooms at his home. Danielle said the two of you should really hook up and <laughs> see the work that he's doing. Um, Danielle's working over uh, time in terms of what she's thinking for you. Um, it is just the natural course of action to developing any business, but some get discouraged. They don't realize they need to do one foot, other foot. Um, and uh, uh, and the song, uh, Mickey Rooney saying, put one foot in front of the other. Next question. If you could only, well, I'm going to change this. Um, if you could only uh, have one meal with one sitcom family, hmm. who would that sitcom family be and why? And I can go back in time so they're all still alive? Of course, of course. Ooh, that's a really good question. I think it'd be the Dick Van Dyke show. I think, oh no, I know what it is. It's the <laughs> office. I love every character on there. Um, would they be in character when I'm eating this meal with them? You're, you're in the sitcom, so yes. Oh yeah, the office. <laughs> I would only imagine what that would be like. For me, I think it would be Fraser Crane. Can you imagine mm -hmm. having dinner with Fraser and Niles? Mm -hmm. oh, you, that's a, that would be an interesting apartment to do. I, I am, loved it, that apartment okay. in Seattle. Just great. Oh, um, you mean you got to see the exterior that they used for the apartment in Seattle? Or uh, no, the uh, I like that the the uh, interior of the uh, uh, the apartment. Um, if you could only have five apps on your phone, what would those five apps be? Oh, that's a good question. Well, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. What would number five be? Oh, I guess Gmail. Okay. Okay. So I have a calendar uh, that uh, I love this calendar that someone sent me. It's a positive affirmation calendar. I'm going to read this and then we're going to go with it. Uh, I have a healthy ways of entertaining myself when I'm bored, as opposed to just killing time or numbing out. I can't imagine you ever being bored. Um, do you ever get bored? Not now. No. <laughs> like I just, the hours just fly by. I, I love my work so much. No, uh, same thing with me. I, there's no time for boredom in my life. Um, I'm going to read this statement and then run with it after I finish the statement. It says, uh, this is a self-love action for the day. Uh, today I'll make a mental or physical list of healthy ways that I like to entertain myself when I'm feeling bored, which obviously you and I don't, like working on a creative hobby, organizing and decluttering, or attending an interesting uh, in-person or online workshop. Uh, so the next time I find myself feeling unchallenged or unmotivated, I will take some options for doing something fun, productive, or healing. I'm gonna go a step further with this uh, statement now that I know you a little bit better. Would you think of doing workshops or helping other people in terms of design uh, and doing like perhaps Zoom classes for people? Because I think that's another thing that you could possibly mm -hmm. be doing. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I thought of doing e-courses online. That's a possibility or, or even a book um, in both at the same time. Mm -hmm. but yeah, we're teaching them design. Yeah. So I think that's a whole different realm for you. Um, what? Well, you revealed the fact that possibly, uh, well, I'm going to say that he is coming. Um, <laughs> what is the hardest secret that you've had to keep since you've started doing what you're doing? Mm. All I can think of is early on when they were doing the Brady Bunch house, I had to sign a NDA and I'd never done that before. And so I couldn't tell anybody all these cool things that were happening. I got to tour it <laughs> twice. And, oh, my God. I've signed so many of those. It's not um, even funny. <laughs> that's the only one I ever said. Well, that had to do with entertainment industry. I had to sign them when I was working on a hotel. But. Oh, okay. Um, what do you think is the uh, clearest definition of virtue in the work that you do? Hmm. All I can think is that it brings people back to their childhood. So it's that, that feeling of nostalgia when your life seemed simpler. Is this what you're getting at? I mean, that's what I was going to talk about. You're first, right here you know? with me. Yes, this is great. Yeah. And, and it's just those feelings it gives to people. It just seems pure. You know, they're going back to a happy time. But, you know, I'll get comments, too, from people that it's similar, but the other angle of that, where they'll say, I grew up in a really tumultuous home, and I sat in front of the TV, and the Brady Bunch became my family, or the Waltons, or whatever. So it can also, instead of bringing them back to their childhood, because it wasn't so great, it brings them back to that feeling of safety they had within that fake home, <laughs> that TV home that became an extension of their living room for them. Well, what I love about these shows also is the humor and the comedy that came out of those shows was based on the situation, thus sitcoms, that's the name, instead of being uh, put down humor. And somehow a, a shift took place in the last 15 years and most humor is abusive humor someone is being made to feel less than it's always put down humor uh it's 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 bullying in my opinion and mm -hmm. it's not the same thing and uh i really wish that we can get back to that uh more so instead of this uh constant put down humor that i'm not a big fan of yes and it made those shows timeless you were right they were situations leave it to beaver it wasn't slapstick. There wasn't jokes. It was the situation. Um, you could say that with a lot of shows back then, uh, the Dick Van Dyke show, there wasn't these zingers and one-liners. But because of that, they're timeless. You watch them now. There's young kids that are watching those old, old shows now. Absolutely. Um, what are you, uh, this is it, uh, interesting, what are you most afraid of winning at? And if you do win, what would that mean to you? Hmm. Oh, <laughs> I guess it'd be anything that made me have to be in public more. <laughs> um, are you afraid of being in public? I mean, is the, I mean, you were not, uh, you did not pursue a career in this business. Um, you reluctant, you've said earlier that you reluctantly went into this realm uh, yeah. at the urging of your husband. Uh, has this been a difficult transition for you? It's just not my favorite part. I love my work. I I love my work. I put off the recording part to the very last day and just go make myself do it where I have to, you know, introduce the show or close the show. It's just, it's just not my favorite thing. Um, I do it because it has to go along with my work. I'm more into my content. But you're good at it. So just go with it. Enjoy it. Um, a few of your favorite things. Chocolate. That's right up there. Uh, probably chocolate too. <laughs> Mine um, too. Mine too. <laughs> oh, well, traveling, but everybody has traveling, right? I love to travel. And one more. Oh, three things. Mm. My grandkids. I, That's yeah. wonderful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
if I'm thinking of things that I just love, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna read another page from my calendar. Uh, once a month, I like to do a loving self-inventory where I look at myself objectively and compassionately to determine whether I could live in a kinder, healthier, or more productive way. I think you already do that. Today is self-love action. Today, I'll do a little uh, mental self-inventory. Self when I look at myself objectively, is there something I should be doing or facing now that I'm putting off? Could be kinder to myself and others and any obvious ways. What's one unhealthy pattern that I could work uh, to heal or shift? Um, is there anything, first of all, that you do put off? And are there areas that you feel that you do need to uh, spend a little bit more time on? Well, just mindfulness. I've been getting into that lately and trying to see when my head is telling me things that I shouldn't listen to or uh, anything that causes stress mm -hmm. or anxiety to just mindfulness. I, I don't know if that answers your question. But that does, that does, yeah. great. And it's amazing the things you catch when you listen to the voice in your head. Like I wouldn't talk that way to my kids, but I'll talk that way to myself, yeah. Well, that brings me to my next question. When have you listened to your hunches that, and it was right on? Oh, and it was right? Oh, going back to school. <laughs> Boy, was that right. I was so scared. The very first day, I remember walking up. So like I told you, I told all my friends and family I was going back to get a degree in architecture so that I wouldn't cop out. If I didn't tell them, I could just not go and nobody'd know. So um, I told everybody I was going. So I'm walking up to school that very first day, my first class. And in my head, I'm yelling at myself, kind of like, see what you did? <laughs> you, made, yeah, you made yourself do this. But then it was like, a few days later, I remember texting my sisters and saying, this is the best thing I ever did. So it was just getting over that hump of fear. If we could all take a page from that book, just imagine. I just love it. I'm going to read uh, one of my favorite quotes. I pulled this quote. Uh, Compassion isn't about solutions. It's about giving all the love that you've got. And I think that comes through in your work, Marina. Well, I do love what I do. You do what you do because you love it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, good. And uh, and I am, you're going to finish this sentence for me. And I think we already know the answer. I love this. The work I was born to do is? <laughs> well, it sure feels like this. I mean, there might be something bigger, um, but I am completely content with what I do now and how it makes other people feel. I love it. That's great. I'm going to say a few closing remarks, and then I'm going to turn the screen over to you, and you've got the final word. It can be about anything that we've talked about today that you want to build upon, anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had, or just any final message that you want to leave everyone with at this time of year. Um, don't worry about how to end the show. As soon as you say goodbye, uh, the final credits will roll. Um, I want to thank everybody for being here again today. Uh, once again, Danielle, she is incredible. Uh, if you are looking for uh, a reading, uh, Danielle is the person to go to. Uh, I also want to thank Erin uh, Caleb, uh, who is my other sponsor today. Uh, she has uh, been working with me. Uh, I am Going back, I'm doing a Christmas concert on the 10th. I will bring that up as well. Uh, please join me if any of you are going to be in New York uh, on the 10th. I'm doing a benefit uh, for Christ Church in Spark Hill. Uh, please come. I've got amazing entertainers that are joining me. And speaking of uh, going back, we are all going to be talking about our favorite Christmas memories uh, as childhood. I'm bringing everybody back uh, to our favorite Christmas memories around the time that we were all five years old and what that time was like for all of us. Because I've been thinking a lot about this. And Marina, your show, again, uh, I know it sounds like I'm sitting here praising you and praising you and praising you, but I will praise you and praise you and praise you. Um, you take it's us back, sending me. <laughs> uh, but you take us back to this simpler time. As I've been sitting and working on this uh, show uh, that I'm putting together for the church, I was sitting the other day and I was thinking, uh, when I think of these shows that I watched, and I get very emotional uh, because I think of 
being with my grandparents. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember, uh, I think I'm a, a lot older than you are. Uh, I was, uh, I remember when my grandparents got their first color television set. Uh, I remember uh, the NBC Peacock uh, a- announcing that a show was in color and how exciting that was for us. For those of you who were too young to know what it was like transitioning from black and white to color, uh, it was just a different world. Uh, and those little simple things uh, made the world of difference in our lives. Uh, our family sitting together, what I loved about the world of three networks, ABC, CBS, and NBC, was the fact that these three networks vied for the largest demographic that they could get. It would go from six o'clock in the morning until one o'clock, and then it would end with the national anthem, and then there would be a test pattern. Uh, TVs would go off, there was no internet, there were nothing uh, to distract people throughout the evening. Uh, people would go to bed and they would go to sleep because there was nothing for them to watch and be distracted by. But these three networks vied for the largest demographic. And therefore, I grew up watching entertainers, not only from my own generation, but from my parents' generation and from my grandparents' generation. So I knew who these stars were from uh, before my own time. Uh, And I had an appreciation for them. And I think that when networks like MTV came along and they played to a very specific demographic, so many kids missed out because they didn't grow up seeing the stars that we all saw and the entertainers and the actors. So there was something special about that time. And like I said, they were responding to the situations that they were in instead of putting each other down. And I think that when everything shifted to that world of putting each other down and bullying, I don't care what you call it, bullying is bullying is bullying. And when you are making fun of someone's appearance, and if you go back and you look at some of these shows, some of the things that are being said to each other, uh, it's hurtful. Uh, Actors are cast based on their physicality and actors will say certain things. And then kids are paying attention to this and they take it into the schoolyard and they take it beyond that. Uh, What we see on these television shows uh, impact our lives on so many levels. That's why these shows matter. And Marina has taken us a step further Because it's not just a house. It's not just the objects that are in those houses. It's what those homes represent. It's the people that lived in those homes and what they brought to our homes week after week after week. We believe that those people that we saw each week were part of our own families. The Ricardos and the Mertzes and the Brady kids and the Partridges and the Cartwrights. The Waltons, these were all part of our families. And we tuned in week after week after week to see what they were going to be doing and what they were, where they were going to be going and what the situations were. And I do this with each of you each and every day. Uh, I end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Reach out to someone that you haven't spoken to in a long time and reach out with a phone call, especially this time of year. Uh, A lot of people are hurting. A lot of people are stressed out. I heard uh, uh, Rachel Maddow the other night say, uh, as stressed out as you are, the next person is probably even more stressed out. And be nice to people, even if you have to pretend that you're not really nice to them. So that's acting. So we can all do that. And I have a dear friend, Sean Moniger, and he always says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And a meme that I saw recently said, we're all in the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat. Some of us are on yachts. Some of us are on uh, canoes. Some of us are in rafts. Some of us are on dinghies. Uh, Some of us are on tugboats. 
whatever it is, make sure that if you're out in a boat, that you bring a skipper along. So on that note, I'm going to leave the screen and Marina, I'm going to turn it over to you. Thank you for all the work that you do. And I can't wait to see what's next. And I hope that anytime you feel that you want to talk and you've got a platform and you want to say something that you'll reach out to me. Will you stay in touch? Promise me. Yes. And thank thanks you. for having me on. Thank you. And I'm going to turn it over to you. It's all yours. Okay. Uh, so I probably said most of this, but what I do doesn't change the world. It's not huge, uh, but it makes a difference in people's lives, even if it's a little bit. So the comments I read online, I'm hearing people saying, thank you. Um, this brought me peace. This gave me good feelings. And it almost always, they tie it into that it brought, brought it back to their childhood and the good feelings they had then. So I love what I do. And uh, I'll, that's it. Good night.